Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. She a patient in my waiting room Never pay attention to the rumors and what they assume 
And until them girls prove it, I'm the one that never get confused with you. Baby, you my everything. You all I ever wanted. We can do it real deep. Baby, you everybody. We be up on everything. Love the hoes ain't never on it. I want this forever. I swear I can spend whatever on it. Cause she hold me down every time I hit up. When I get right, I promise that we gon' live it up. She made me pay for it till she give it up. And I say the same thing every single time. I say, you the fucking best. You the fucking best. You the fucking best. Like an Andy Griffith theme song, folks, it is Ryan Bailey. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. It is Monday. That was a smooth little bop to get you in the mood for the week ahead, and what a week it shall be. We've got five great shows coming at you this week, plus the return of Beverly Hills. I cannot wait to do those voices. (laughs) To do those voices, I say, I say, did you miss me, Ryan? It's Sutton. I've been eating pancake cake. I say, I say, I need a piece of pancake. <laughs> it's ten forty-seven on Sunday night, and I'm already making myself giggle. Um, you guys, what a weekend, huh? What was your weekend like? I saw a lot of you guys on Instagram. It looked like you had nice weekends. Um, I hope everybody was safe, man. We talk about it in the pod with Sophie, but COVID's coming back, you know, in a major way. Uh, Not in a good, like, not like uh, TV's coming back in a big way. No, it's like, it's not good. So hopefully everybody stays safe. Uh, This is a a fun, funny podcast, but just please, I know a lot of my friends are are getting COVID again. Luckily, uh, they're vaccinated, so they're not uh, going into the hospital or things that could be very, very bad. So just really stay safe out there so we can all party uh, and we don't have to all shut down and all that crap. Um, So I hope everybody had a good weekend. You guys, I thought of you on Saturday. I don't know if you've been following, and I know I probably talked about this more on the Patreon uh, that I do, but I had that... uh, the the party the Vanderpump party this weekend that I went to and I I I was texting with my friends at the, so the first part was at Dave and Buster's and I was really nervous because Sheena was going to be there and I I have a voice recording that I recorded there and I'll play that probably on Tuesday's episode because I just want to get into Sophie uh, but I just guys I'm a nutcase like I'm a nutcase and I I you know I'm not I'm I'm saying nutcase in the like I'm I'm a basket case, you guys. Like, I sat there in... First off, I tried to, like, ditch the thing. I tried to just, like... And I laid... I laid... It was at 4 o'clock, guys. I laid in bed. 
just in misery, just kind of, oh, I don't want to go. I don't, nobody cares if I come or go. But in my head, I was like, oh, I don't have the energy. I'm not ready to face the world. Ooh, I podcasted too much this week. Oh, I'm just exhausted. And then finally I was like, well, I like Janet, the girl whose birthday, I really like her and I want to show respect. And, you know, but then I was like scared that Sheena was going to be there and Brock, her fiance, and that Brock was going to crush me between his masculine, masculine thighs, you know? And so I get there, you guys, and there was a party bus element. And I said, I'm not coming on the party bus, you guys. I'm going to meet you there. That way I can get out of there, too, if I need to. And I get there and I say hi to Janet. But, like, everybody's, like, all separate. It's a Dave and Buster's. And so I see all the group of people. I see a lot of Vanderpump people. And I, like, sit at the opposite end of the bar. And I have an earpiece in. And I act like I'm talking on the phone. Like, I guys... It was so pathetic. I texted with Maritza. I texted with uh, uh, I texted with a, a bunch of people of just like, I feel like a fucking loser right now. And you guys, like this was real. In my head, I was like, I felt like the elephant man. I was like, nobody wants to hang out with Ryan. Like, you know, like, I think there's this fallacy that since I'm able to like be a loudmouth on a podcast, like I, I've told you, I've been straight up with you guys. I've been completely honest. And I said, I'm not good in public. I am not good and I will disappoint you every time. And you guys, I just sat at the bar. It must have looked like some kind of weird stalker and I just kept staring. (laughs) And so I was drinking and then finally I was like, I, I, and then I played some skee ball by myself. You want to, you want to know what's really sad? Uh, you know, five o'clock on the five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, uh, when you're playing skee ball, sadly by yourself at a Dave and Buster's, I never really pictured my life going that way. And I was waiting for Sandoval and Ariana to come because I know them. And I was like, okay, they'll, I'll be able to know somebody. And then that will get me into the actual bigger group of people. Cause that was the thing. I didn't have that entrance point and Janet was off playing games and stuff. So I, I just never was a part of that crew. And, and I was, you know, you, you always want that bridge, the bridge. It's like, Ryan, Hey, let me introduce you to my buddy, Ryan, that kind of thing. And I didn't have that bridge. So I just sat there and fucking chugged these mega enormous beers. And then finally I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I think I gotta leave. I gotta, you know, and then my buddy Brett, who is actually Sheena's friend, he noticed me. He was like, Ryan? And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? What? You're, what are you doing here? And he's like, are you here for the party? I was like, yeah. And he's like, why are you sitting on the opposite end of the bar? And I was like, oh, oh, is this the opposite? Okay. Oh, now I see you guys. Oh, how long have you been here? Oh, just hour and a half. Not really. It's quick. Very quick. Time went, I was on the phone. You know, I have an earpiece in, as you can see. Um, and he was like, oh, well, oh, we're going to the second, um, we're going to her house for the the after party. And this is only like 6.30, 6 at night or something. Like it, it's... And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then Ariana texted me and said, Sandoval is on his way. Stay there or, you know, and I was like, oh, it's so I was like, okay, I'll go. And I go to the second location. Of course, I'm not on the party bus. So I get there before everybody and I get there for Sandoval driving past going, dude, what's up? Hey, I'm really I'm going to go back and get my karaoke equipment. I'll be right back. And that's what you got to love about Tom Sandoval. He always looks for a moment to bring out his own personal karaoke equipment. And you guys, the act, I, I'm really glad I went to the second part of it. Because I, if I had left Dave & Buster's feeling how I felt, I felt like the Invisible Man. 
I felt such like a loser. Do you guys ever, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about you guys and I was, I know this sounds silly. I was trying to make you proud. I was like, I got to hang in here. There might be a good story in here and I'm just going to hang in. And then I just was like, no, I always tell you guys this, this is the anti-cool podcast. You know, what is that, that Philip Seymour Hoffman quote from Almost Famous? You know, the uncool. We are the uncool folks. And that's fine. We're great. We're amazing people, but we're uncool. And we're never going to be cool. And that's fine. That's its own form of cool. That's its own. I wish you guys had all been there with me on Saturday. And we could have had our own dance party. And I could have just played a bunch of mashups. But um, I was like, no, I got to hang in. I got to hang in for the So Bad It's Bad Baddies. So Bad It's Good Baddies. And, but I was really glad I went to the second part because... It was much easier to talk to people. Sandoval was the bridge. And then I had a really, I had a decent, I had a better time. And it was like, actually had a lot of good conversations with people, which I'll, I'll try to pepper in throughout the week, uh, some good information. And I'll try to throw in some other stuff on the Patreon that might be, um, uh, stuff that I can't say, you know, in the, in the main pod, but, uh, I, it was hysterical. You guys just, it's like, it's like that my, it's like losing my religion. That song by REM, like that's me in the corner. Uh, that's me in the spotlight losing my religion, but it was like, that's me in the corner sweating my ass off with like three layers on trying to hide from people chugging a beer at Dave and Buster's. Whew. So that was my weekend. And then today I've been recuperating and, uh, uh, doing a, doing a detox starting tomorrow. I'm just going to fill you guys in. I, um, it's time to rein it back in again. You guys, oh, how did we get to this point again? It is August. August 1st, guys, and August 1st always means something to me, especially because I don't know if you guys are like me, certain albums coincide with certain months, and especially for me, you guys know my obsession with the band Counting Crows, which is so crazy, I grew up with them, and August and everything after is their debut album, and so August 1st, you always gotta play August and everything after, you gotta play the album, it is one of the best um, freshman albums, you know, best debut albums of all time i mean wall to wall there is not a bad song on that it is such a mood that album it is so good and it almost kind of haunted that band because when you come out with that good that strong of an album like that that album is a classic and recovering the satellites their album after that was great too but in a very different way but this is historical so i always love august because you can it's an excuse for me to bring bust that album out again and I'm so excited because they're touring again. So everybody, please don't get sick. I do not want a canceled tour from them. But they're the same thing. When when December 1st hits, you guys know I always play a long December every day. I do 31 days of a long December. And I'll drive around the hills because uh, the Hollywood Hills. Because in the song it says, you know, talking about driving around the hills. And I always play that. I'll be like, look at me. I'm in the hills. It's December. I... Really, I'm the biggest loser you guys will ever listen to. I'm I'm positive of it. Um, but I'll play. I'm going to play one of my favorite live tracks from that album uh, at the end of the pod. If you want to stay around for a so sad, it's good moment. Remember, there are timestamps, folks. Remember, I thank you for letting me do this. We really do have a great week of interviews as well as we had a great week last week. I don't know if you guys caught Friday's show, but we had John Paul Jones from the Bachelor uh, Bachelor franchise. He was awesome. I like to leave, I was noticing with that interview, it was uh, at the beginning, it was like, there was like some stuttering from on both of our ends of finding the rhythm and the flow. 
And I felt we did that about 10 minutes in. But what I found is that I like to leave those moments in. Like, because I can edit that. But the further I get into this, sometimes I like the roughness, you know? Like, sometimes I like to, because then it almost makes you appreciate. Like, I had Sarah Galley on, and, and somebody said, um, I think it was Amy, uh, my friend and listener, said, oh, it's like jazz with you guys. You guys just really go back and forth, and we've talked now a bunch of times, so it's really easy to pick up and, you know, follow each other, and it's 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 just really fun. But with new people, it's different, you know? You gotta find that in. You gotta find that moment where they feel a little bit more comfortable, um, and sometimes I can do that by like kind of uh, making a joke at my expense or I can say what I really you know and like you you find different ways to to kind of hopefully endear yourself to people and to have people open up to you a little bit more but I found I really like to leave those moments in almost kind of like the warts a little bit because then you can kind of hear I started you know you can hear the moment when like we both relax and I love that like that's why I leave it in because I kind of like well that's kind of magical to me uh, it might not, it might be like needles or like, you know, chalk, nails on a chalkboard to you guys. But for me, when listening back, I kind of like, like that because it's like, wow, look at us. We made it work. And then you get some really cool stuff out of it. And I, those are the things that I will always remember. And, and you guys know me at this point. And when I go into some of these, I'm extremely nervous and I know it might not be a big deal to, but to me, it's always a big deal. To me, it means something always. Um, once again, probably not a cool thing to say, but it means something. So I have a couple interviews this week that I'm really excited for you guys to hear. And, uh, I'm nervous for a couple that I'm already, uh, doing this week that I'm like super nervous for, but that is starting to be exciting as well because each week it's like climbing a mountain and seeing if you got more muscular from the week before, you know, if you can, I always said the, the reason why I like hiking was that every time it's hard, but if you hike enough, you recover quicker, quicker, you know, is that, you know, when I first started hiking, I was a, um, a for, I, I just quit smoking, had no breath control, you know, and then little by little each time it would kill still. And I would be like, why is it always killing? But then I remembered that it's, it's always supposed to kill, but you recover quicker, you know? is that my breath would come back to me faster. And I feel like that's anything that we work at in life, right? Like with podcasting, that's like, it's always going to be nerve wracking. And hopefully that nerves are what's going to make it good in the long run, but you're going to recover quicker. You're going to find your bearings quicker. I mean, that to me is what I think of as the secret of life as well, is that everything that is worth doing, which this just, it, this is the worst realization I've ever had in my life is that everything worth doing is hard. Everything that worth doing is scary. But then those are the things that mean the most. Those are the things that add all of the sweetness in your life. All of the things, you know, that 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 make up you and your foundation. Anyways, I'm not, I'm done preaching, but I just wanted to share that with you because it always is something that I have to remind myself because sometimes you're like, oh God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then afterwards you're like, thank God I did this. Thank God I did this. But it's everything. It's everything good is hard. <laughs> also, thank you to everybody that reached out. I did finish The Americans, the FX show that has been off the air for five years, I believe. But I decided to start watching it in the last month, and it was amazing. I was so sad on Friday night when I finished it. It was one of the most satisfying endings of a TV show I've ever seen. The use of music in that show, oh my god. If anybody knows the people that did musical supervision on that show... 
the way they used music and like songs like um, Goodbye Yellow Brick, Brick Road by uh, Elton John, With or Without You by U2. Um, they did a lot of like Gold Dust Woman, uh, Fleetwood Mac. They, it would just, they just nailed it. I always wondered, did they write the songs or did they find these songs afterwards in editing? But it was just so special. I love it so much. And it was really nice. I really recommend watching a, um, a scripted show just to, as a palate cleanser from all the reality we are stuffing in our faces because we are being fed well right now. We got Potomac. We got Beverly Hills. New York is, you know, at least it's on. It's going to course correct, I'm sure. We have so much goodness in terms of reality. But always throw a scripted TV show in there somewhere just as a palate cleanser, just so you can go back with fresh eyes to these reality shows, you know? It is funny, and it makes you feel pretty darn smart. <laughs> um, let's see here. I think this is it. I think we're just going to get into Sophie because we talk about everything. We talk about the baby. This the baby is a the piece of shit. Do you guys know this rapper? We talk about him as one of the first stories. This the homophobe, the ra- like this guy. One of the most successful rappers out there right now, and he made the worst homophobic comments a couple of weeks ago, and he seems like he continues and uh, does this a lot. But Elton John and Madonna even spoke up, at, you know, uh, against him, saying, like, this is ridiculous. This adds to the stigma of uh, uh, homosexuals and AIDS. And, you know, like, I mean, for somebody to be making fun of AIDS in 2021... Man, we have come way too far to let some kind of hacky rapper that's a flavor of the month say anything bad. Like, remember, guys, we can demand respect of everyone, right? Like, we we can demand, like, there is no threat. Like, you know, if you're straight, there is no threat in standing up for our gay brothers and sisters. There's no threat. Like, I, I feel like all of us, I know all of my listeners already pretty much feel this way. But it is funny to be reminded, or Matt Damon, we talk about a story about him today. It's funny, like, you know, And but hopefully we are changing for the better. This is all positive, you know. Lollapalooza actually canceled baby's headlining set, which I talk about. They said that Lollapalooza was built on, uh, you know, love and freedom and all this stuff, and which is kind of bullshit. Lollapalooza was built on money, Um but uh, I'm glad they made the right choice and canceled his set. And I, because I do think if that is the case, you are, um, you don't want to give stage time to somebody that's spewing hate. We have just come too far. We have come too far. You know, we're in, we can be in such a good place if we want. There's room for literally everybody. And this dude, I'm not a fan of DeBaby's music, quote unquote, but I know a lot of people are like, no, man, like you, you can do this without hate. And if you're going to learn a hard lesson, it's going to actually have to be taught with you through money. You know, it's funny. It's like uh, he's like the Kelly Dodd of rappers all of a sudden. Um, So we talk about that. We talk about uh, Outer Banks, this TV show that Sophie is in love with that I'm probably going to have to check out because I, too, am a 16 year old girl. Um, but we run the gamut. We do JLo. We do all of that stuff. Uh, it, it's a really, it's just our normal thing. I love Soph. Uh, and I'm, uh, I hope you guys do too. Uh, so many positive messages. Uh, I want you guys to have the best week out there. We're going to do a couple more news stories tomorrow. I got, like I said, I've got a week of great interviews for you. I've gotten a lot of messages lately that a lot of people are saying, I told my friend about your podcast. Thank you. I need more of that energy too. If you guys like me, if you guys, you know, if you like a 
particular podcast, send it to a friend. I always appreciate when you shout it out on Instagram. I always like this thing. We build it slowly, but I, you know, it, it's starting to happen, happen faster and faster, kind of just awareness of this. And I couldn't appreciate it more. And I've never pushed so hard for something in my life. And I'm going to keep pushing hard and thank you guys for everything that you have done in regards to helping me push and helping me uh, try to kick this door open a little bit for myself because I know podcasts like mine are well-established uh, and the fight over your ears is, I'm sure, pretty daunting for you guys. And uh, to listen to a very long-form podcast on a daily basis, I know that's a lot, but I hope you enjoy it because I sure as hell enjoy making it for you. Okay, I'm done with all the sappy BS. Here is the one, the only, Sophie Rawson. Remember, if you want a sad song, stay afterwards for a little So Sad It's Good Moment with Counting Crows. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Oh, and also, remember, you're going to hear a commercial uh, for a product. Uh, Dame, once again, is sponsoring the podcast this week. Those are toys for ladies. We will be doing a commercial halfway through. Let's all be adults about this. And please... Uh, buy something with my uh, product code, and and uh, I, I mean, if I could have, if I could have one day told you that I would be selling uh, vibrators to uh, an audience, I would, uh, I would say that checks out. That makes a lot of sense. So, uh, okay, I'm blushing now. Okay, here's Sophie. Holy crap, folks! It's Monday again. We're doing it all over again. Uh, the podcast is starting up with a vengeance, as always on Monday. Uh, she is the Ben Affleck to my Matt Damon, uh, the one, the only, the writer extraordinaire, Miss Sophie Ross. Sophie, welcome back to the pod. Uh, I hear you are in a stellar mood today. Is that correct, Matt Damon? Yeah, no, I'm in a. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, I'm in a bad mood today, but like my mom said, Ryan's going to cheer me up. I've never met a smarter lady than your mom. I mean, I really honestly just salt of the earth woman. We all know it. Oh we all God. Love it. Don't let her hear that. She's never, ever going to stop talking about that. I want to be your mom's date to your, your sister's wedding. <laughs> if your dad could find possibly somebody else to go with, I think that would be, and by the way, we don't, it's and funny. I will not talk to you the entire wedding. I will just ignore you. And I'll just be like, Miss Ross, um, will you let Sophie know that uh, she's dancing weird on the dance floor? You just show up and you're like, in the, like, you know, at Jewish weddings, the chairs, <laughs> you're going to be like front and center. Yeah. Are we stomping on the glass? What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I said, Matt Damon to Ben, I guess, you know, getting into it, it is so funny how people, uh, feel like they need to share every piece of their learning process. Matt Damon was doing an interview, uh, for his new movie, Stillwater that comes out this week where he, uh, you know, plays a Midwestern man. And he said in this interview that just recently he has stopped saying the F word to, uh, you know, the F A G word. Um, or possibly the F-A-G-G-O. I don't know which F word he meant, but it was one of those because his daughter got offended because he possibly said it at the dinner table and his daughter went and wrote him a letter of why he shouldn't be using this. And he told his daughter, he said, I, I've been using this for 20 years. I, I, it, we, we didn't mean it toward, we meant it as like a, a derogatory term. We're like, I can't believe somebody like Matt Damon would feel like he would need to like almost like he's a champion of that situation since he doesn't use the F word anymore. Oh yeah. That was just something. I mean, I, 
I understand someone in his generation who probably doesn't spend a lot of time online. He doesn't know exactly what is politically correct in 2021. Obviously, it's like it's not an excuse, Matt Damon. He should be, you know, he has ever all the access in the world. It's understandable, but there was no reason for him to share that story. You know, it's like, what did he, does he think that, like, it doesn't no, make you look good. Well, like, it's embarrassing. Well, And that's what I think. I was like, do, does he think this is like, I mean, I'm all for um, uh, treating everybody with respect and dignity, but I remember I was younger. I'm younger than Matt Damon. And I knew 20 years ago, I had friends that were gay men and women. And I would never say that. Like, I didn't even say it in a joking, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I used to, yeah, I don't know. I just thought there was an interesting story also because of the fact of, have you been following this the baby? This the idiot guy, oh, yeah. the rapper. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He said a bunch of really horrible, ignorant things. He said about- you could die, die from AIDS in two weeks, and like all of this stuff two weeks ago at the Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami. And Lollapalooza today uh, announced that he will no longer be the headlining set tonight uh, or Sunday night at uh, Lollapalooza. Which is like good. Like I'm sorry if you're going to be ignorant in this day and age and try to like, but how idiotic to screw up your money like that yeah like just just a complete idiot and like yeah i don't really follow the baby in general but everything also, his name's the baby how do you ever take yourself it's like machine gun kelly it's like you know you're like mr gun like mr the baby like that is so dumb yeah everything i've heard about him he's just sounds like a horrible person so like yeah i and mean he's five foot he's five foot tall yeah, that and that's an issue. That's an issue with a lot of these <laughs> short guys that they, you know, they they always make fun of AIDS for some reason. Napoleon complex, and you know, it's like I'm not I'm not trying to generalize. It's not every short guy, but it happens sometimes. You know, what's They're your cutoff? World, you said this, but what is your cutoff for height with a guy? Do you um, have a cutoff because I know you like the tall ones. I just I like when a when a man is taller than me when I wear heels. So I would say like 5'10 is usually like I've I've dated like probably 5'9 is is probably the shortest that I've dated. But can you tell when you're when you're out with a 5'9? Can you feel it? Can you be like I was really annoyed. I was really annoyed because I went on a date recently and he said six foot. He said six foot on his profile. And what was he? He was I, I estimated because I'm about five four five five. Yeah, my heels that I was wearing were about three four inches, and he was like literally my exact height. And I'm like, just why lie? Wait, you does know? that come it's up like, in the date though? Do you do you find a way to bring up that he lied about his no, height in the date? No, but it's like an instant turn off because it's like you're insecure. You know, it's like you couldn't just be honest. You feel like you have to like lie. Oh, he Has- was like disaster all around. It wasn't just the height though. He he told me on the first date that he. Um, he'd only been single for two and a half weeks. I was like, why are you telling me this? You're psycho. I'm getting back out there. I'm getting, getting back out there. Wait, can, can, has any, uh, has any guy though been honest beforehand and said, 
Hey, Sophie, I know we're just going to meet. I just want to warn you about my height. Has anybody been brave and said, I might have lied originally and I just want you to know before you see me? Has anything like that no, ever happened? No, because that's so embarrassing. Who's well, you just said the other way. Lie. He was not brave. No, just were... be honest. Like, put your your genuine height on the... Just don't lie at any point during the process and we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, have you ever lied going into a date? We've talked about this before. No, I'm like a very straight up person. Actually, this same guy who I thought was freaking weird and annoying and lied about his height. He was like, he was like, you're so like just authentic. And I was like, what? I was like, because I just like, I think when I was, I was like moving fucking sucks. I think that's what I said. I was like, moving is the fucking worst. He was like, I love how authentic you are. Goes, I was, like, you're going to love me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a very, like, I don't, you know, put on some facade when I go on dates. I'm like, moving fucking sucks. I have, like, a sailor mouth. Like, sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nana and Papa. They got mad at me for cursing on the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry as well, Nana. It's And she, and you know what, Nana and Papa? She's what rubbed off on me. I find myself cursing more than I ever have. And I'm just such a potty mouth now. And my parents have noticed. They said, you really changed. And they're also like, why are you here so much? Um, oh my God. Uh, no, I did want to ask you about this. So Lollapalooza was this weekend in Chicago. I knew a lot of people that went, I saw a lot of Instagram stories and people are not up in arms per se, but we are getting COVID sweeping the land again. I think I know a bunch of people that have it now. Again, the Delta variant in Los Angeles, we are, re I mean, I, I'm very nervous about what happens, but it, 110,000 people each day at Lollapalooza in Chicago. And I was, I was looking at photos and I, I mean, I love a good music festival and nobody stopped this, you know, like they sold tickets. They didn't. So like, what is your opinion on something like this? Would you be caught dead at a music festival? I, Cause I went back and forth. I'd be like, if I had a free ticket, would I have gone? Like, would I, what do you think about that? I mean, what, what's the difference honestly between that I mean, they're obviously, you know, it's, there's a lot of people packed in one crowd and the pictures look really bad, but I can see, you know, people are going to bars, people are going to concerts. I went to a concert a few weeks ago. Um, remember the teenage dirt bag? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, I can see why people would think it's okay. And I think that, and I mean, we were just talking about this on the weekly Ross family zoom call, um, that we do. By the way, but, we should that should be a podcast itself, actually, the weekly Russ. Honestly, like it should. It's always yeah. pretty entertaining. But my sister's getting married in Chicago in a few months in October. And she is obviously very stressed about all of this and Lollapalooza happening. And and so we were having this whole discussion about it. And it just almost feels like there really isn't because we were talking about politicians and how new, I was like, Andrew Cuomo, you know, he doesn't want to piss more people off. So I don't know if he'll like bring back the mask mandates. Like there's always an ulterior motive, you know, it's like, we're never getting like the full truth, whether it's from a politician or the media, unfortunately, and not to sound like some like crazy skeptic, but like, it honestly kind of feels that way that it's like, where, what is the truth? You know, like, well, I mean, everything, no is, really politi knows. everything is politicized now. So it's, everything is politicized. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I have hung out with my parents so much this summer and their friends now. And you really get the sense of like how beaten down they are. Like they're so I'm jaded, but like my parents and their older friends are now like extremely jaded. Like everything is like, Oh, it's politically motivated. And I'm not saying they're on one side or the other, but it is so funny how angry they are. And I think there's a certain anger that comes with like getting older too, of like, 
well, you're wasting some of my time on this earth at this point, you know, with this kind of BS arguments and, and I I'm fine. You, if I'm going to save a life, I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Like I honestly don't care, but I do get scared now of like, this is coming back around and I think we want our freedom or a lot of people, we want to go to concerts. We want to do all of these things. I'm just worried about like, how bad is this next wave going to, going to hit, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're saying that vaccinated people, even with the Delta variant are like, it's like mild. So like, if you're vaccinated, the odds are that you will be fine. So that's the thing. It's like vaccinated people are like, well, I'm going to be fine. So like, whatever. And obviously, you know, it's kind of like, well, if you're not, if you're not vaccinated, that's your problem. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. But then I think what gets left behind in these conversations is that is immunocompromised people. It's not their fault, you know, that a vaccine isn't effective for them or whatever it is. So like, that's, that's what complicates things a lot. Um, because, you know, you have the vaccinated people that feel invincible and they kind of are, you know, invincible when you're vaccinated and you're in good health, you're more than likely going to be fine. But then there's so many other factors to it and misinformation and everything's political. It's just in the age of social media too. It's like just a disaster. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is funny. It's just like, uh, that. this is a common joke you always see, but it's like always that kind of, uh, no offense, that a-hole bully that failed out of your high school is on Facebook yelling the loudest all of a sudden like how did this guy all of a sudden care about freedom all the like this guy used to pick on me and throw me into lockers and now he cares about science like I'm like wait a sec how did this even it's so bizarre to me and then I read in California they're now giving they're going to start giving a hundred dollars for each person that vaccinates and I'm like should I have held out for my vaccination so I could have gotten a like I'll go get I'll do it again for a hundred bucks like I want money yeah, there were they were saying they did that in and well in Colorado they were giving away like joints or something with vaccinations. <laughs> I, I'm gonna and wait now, for they're gonna give out guns. Yeah. Well in um sorry, I'm looking at myself on the Zoom call and just noticed I have stuff in my teeth. Perfect. You guys just to uh, uh, confirm she does have stuff in her teeth. You guys can't see. Yeah, I'm this. gonna I'm gonna floss it. But um wait, what were you we saying before I got ADD? <laughs> no, uh Colorado. Oh, yeah, in Colorado. Oh, so they're giving third doses in Israel right now. So third doses are being rolled out in some places in the world. So like a third dose could be a thing, you know, that happens soon. I don't know. Like it's such a freaking like, yeah, it's just it's a mess. It's a mess. And again, though, if you're vaccinated, like the odds are that, you know, you're you're going to be okay. Um, just based on, you know, the information that we have, but you know, I yeah. don't know. Well, uh, in, in other kind of virus news, uh, the, the internet exploded this week when Chriselle Strauss from Selling Sunset is dating one of the little bald guys from Selling Sunset, one of the uh, real estate version of the Winklevoss twins. Uh, uh, Sophie has actually taken me into her bathroom now. I, she is... I got it. I got it. What an amazing bathroom. But uh, anyways, did you hear? Yeah, the teeth look beautiful. Did you hear about the? Did you see these Chriselle Strauss little bald yes. guy photos? They're in Italy. It does. It, it does feel like it's kind of, um, you know, for the show. I don't okay. know if I'm 100% believing it. Well, okay. So this is the this is the question, you guys. What do you think, too? Is that Selling Sunset, popular Netflix show, so glossy, uh, hits you over the head with their music, glossiness, very little plot on this show. But um, 
for some reason I can't stop. Like for some reason it's so easily digestible. It's very easy to watch. I can't wait to watch the new season, but I can't tell you what, if I like it or not, but so they, they're all on a group vacation, of course. And they released a photo where he was like nuzzling her neck, but it looks so like we, I think it's just because he's so bald and so little that it looked like a little, like an attractive troll on a pretty princess kind of a vibe. And then they did another, they're kissing in front of the Trevi fountain in uh, Rome and they're there. He's nuzzling up again to her and she has her hand on his like bald head and she's like towering over him. And then the weird part of it though, was his other little bald twin brother is just straight up staring at them make out. Like, I'm like, is this some kind of kink? Like I'm not kink shaming anybody, but at the same time, if that's your kink watching your brother, like get some, that's weird to me. Yeah, it was, it was weird. The picture, the pictures of like, um, yeah, his brother watching them make out was strange. Um, yeah, I feel like Chriselle and look, I'm not, I'm not judging. She, I'll, do it. I'll judge. She got divorced. When did she get divorced? It wasn't that long ago. Uh, yeah, no, Justin Hartley was her ex, I believe less than a year ago and he got remarried, but then Demois posted that that all was a setup and that she was actually cheating with allegedly cheating with the little bald dude. Also that there was rumors that she was with Gleb from dancing with the stars, her dance partner, but then she was with the other, uh, African-American dancing with the stars guy. And they were officially dating. I got to tell you, Chriselle, I never trust somebody that smiles 24 seven. I just don't. I've never. So Chriselle, I feel like has always been a fan favorite. Yeah. And it's been so long, honestly. Like, I don't know where this new season is. Like, I can't even remember like what happened on the show. Honestly, it's been so long. Um, I, oh, my, my favorite was always um, Maya. I love Maya. She was always so funny. The silence <laughs> of the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Miami and I'm going to open a big real estate place there. <laughs> Like, I love her. Kershaw, I'm just like, okay. My favorite thing about Kershaw, though, is how her name came about. You know the story of her name. Yes, it was like, she was, she was guys, born at a Shell gas station. Yeah. And then the guy that delivered, that helped deliver, I think the gas station employee was named Chris. Well, I, I drank every time she told us she was the smelly kid. She'd be like, I was the yeah, smelly kid. Yeah. So I just picture, I've never met Chriselle, but she looks very clean. But at the same time, I just always picture her now as like, if I bumped into her, it would be like a pretty version of the Joker with a, like a really bad smell. You'd be like, damn, is that Chriselle coming by? Like you smell like a gas station, you know? I was <laughs> yeah, the smelly, was kid. smelly kid. Um, yeah, I was never like a huge fan of her. She's just kind of like there, but everyone, I feel like she was like the fan favorite from the show. So I, I don't really get it. And then Christine was like another. They Christine's all like just the wear villain. weird thing. Well, it is kind of the thing. They if all like, dress. They all dress like they're in two thousand five. That's another reason why it feels like it's the hills. They all dress like they're like in the early aughts. It's very strange. It's a strange. It's a strange show. I think it's it's strange and like also because of how antiseptic it is and how like like even like the little bald dudes like they're so clean and every one of their houses has no personality. It's like there's a frame photo of a motorcycle. Like I uh, my designer said it looked manly. These are darker woods. Like but you can't get a beat on their personality. It's all like houses that you could like move in or rent Airbnb like. But I can't get a real sense of any of these people's personalities at all. It's just that they're like little bald guys that like, I, I know I keep saying little bald guys, but like, you can't like, they're, they're, inter they're interchangeable to me. They don't like, they're I are little thought, bald. 
identical twins. Like there's no other way to describe them. They are just these two little, like, yeah. But people are like, what does Chriselle see in him? And I'm like, well, uh, if this is a real relationship, he's rich, honey. He's, yeah, fame. And also, hello, like he owns a, a successful, you know, real estate firm that, you know, brokers multi-million dollar homes. Well, I have He's a theory rich. too that maybe they they don't exist as twins and maybe it's like a CGI reality show thing like they did with Army Hammer and the social network with the Winklevoss, the twins. Winklevoss twins. Like what if it is like the, it's like cutting edge reality show technology and there only is one bald brother, you know? There's only one Oppenheim. I wonder if it's, if Brett or Jason is the real one. Well, you know, I see, I, I know their names, but I couldn't tell you which one's Dayton Grishelli, but I do know Me one either. of the plots. Remember, there was a, a news item a couple, like a Grishelle's six dating months. Jason, though. Okay. <laughs> I'll block that piece of information somewhere where it doesn't matter. You could say it, it doesn't matter. But like one of them leaves the Oppenheim group this season too, supposedly. So it is, it's going to only be one of the twins leaves to do another. But yeah, this was like in the Daily Mail, like six months ago or something. What is his identity without the Oppenheim group? What what, what if, what if like he gets hair plugs and he's like, so it's only one bald brother. And he like gets a long flowing, like Fabio look, you know, he's like, like, I don't know who I am anymore. (laughs) Well, I watch him like viral. Everybody says, is this real or not? But I think that's not even the question to ask. I think the question is, what is real to them at all? Like Chriselle and those people, they've made a choice to want to be on TV and to want to push a narrative. So it doesn't matter if it's real or not, because I think when you're somebody like Chriselle, it could be real, but at the same time, it could also be for attention. It's one and the same. Like, it's not one or the other. It's like, what, like two birds with one stone. She wants to tell, like, I think the little bald guy but, is more attractive to because he's on a TV show. Okay. But so I think the, the thing that, you know, I'm like, I want to know if it's actually genuine or not. Are they, are they sharing a room and sleeping together on this trip? Because it could just be, you know, the photo ops and they have separate rooms. I want to know the truth. Should we write, should we write an angry letter? Yeah. I'm going to write her strongly worded letter to the White Star Line. Just kidding. Name that movie. <laughs> Is that Titanic? Yeah, Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. 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 Uh, I, I say this about every year. I say this every six months. I still think like Kate Winslet so selfish in that movie to not even try at the end of that movie to get him on that piano lid. Like he's fucking shivering his ass off. Yeah, there's enough room. Do you see how she was splayed out there? She looked very relaxed and then she went into a deep sleep. And this guy is like freezing in the water. It wasn't even like, let's take turns. This poor kid came from nothing, won a ticket to be on that boat. She like, he got to see some boobs and like have a night of passion with her. And then she's literally splayed out. Like, and then this, then she goes, the whole thing was like, never, it wasn't like never let, never let go. And I never did. You literally let go. Like you literally let go of him. You let him die. You let him go. And then we have to see your dumbass life. And then you go as a bit uh, like a little old lady and you throw away a billion dollar necklace that could have like paid off so many starving countries. And you just like, I would have broken that woman in half. If I saw her on the edge of that boat, throw that, that diamond off, I would have thrown her with it. I go, go say hi to Jack. Like, you know, I would argue, though, that if he had come onto the door, though, that they just would have sank. It wouldn't have because it shows him trying. Isn't love worth trying? Isn't 
Yeah, but they don't try. She doesn't move over at all. She's like literally like seat taken, seat seat taken. Is there anyone alive out there? <laughs> yeah, and then she's just... like, I think she was like, oh, it's so cold up here. No, she goes, come back, come back. <laughs> she's blowing the whistle. Oh my! Like, do you ever think about? Do you ever think about how much, like you know, DiCaprio and Winslet, how much they peed in that water? Like you bet they were probably just peeing. Like they would not. I, am, I bet they yeah. just peed. I'm really. I mean, Titanic has always been my number one favorite movie ever. Um, ever since I was little, like me and my sister were obsessed with watching it, and my mom would make us fast forward through the, you know, the nude scenes and stuff. But we'd watch it like every day after school. Like we were obsessed with it. Like I'm still obsessed with Titanic. I could like ring off like every single line, every plot point, like. It's just the greatest movie of all time. So you can complain all you want about the door scene, but it had the ending. Because if Jack had survived, you know, we wouldn't have what? all the amazing plot. Okay, but what if this, like I, that George Lucas always changes up those Star Wars films, like when new technology exists. What if James Cameron went back in there and didn't make Jack die? Like, but like, but, but I'm saying like, not then and there, but like another boat pick, like Winslet falls asleep because she's on that door. He's like, and then all of a sudden a boat picks him up, like passed out. And then 40 years later, they meet and like, Rose, I'm still alive. Wouldn't that be amazing? They would have they found each other. If he had survived, they would have immediately found each other on the, um, the ship that rescued them. Yeah, right. but not if he had amnesia. Not if he, he had amnesia. Poke holes in the greatest movie of all time. I remember when that movie came out. I was like, this movie's going to bomb so bad because everybody knows how it ends already. The Titanic. I remember yeah, thinking it was going to, I was like three and a half hours. That's how good. Nobody's going to sit through that shit. I've never been wronger in my life. And there, I will say there is not fame like DiCaprio had at that moment. Like he was uh, all of a sudden an international superstar. Like he got mobbed in Japan. He got mobbed. Like nobody, like, do you think like, cause like Chalamet, Chalamet hasn't had a hit hit yet, you know, like a worldwide hit, but DiCaprio, he, he looks so tiny and girly. Like, remember all, every girl was in love with him, but remember when he started getting a little bigger and like that movie, the beach and then gangs in New York. And he kind of like got a little meat on his bones. I remember a string of articles that were like fat shaming DiCaprio back in the day. Oh yeah. People you still, I, he, he is a, he is a dad bod. Like now I think that Timmy just hasn't been in like a romance lead movie where he's like the sexy, like, you know, he hasn't been in that kind of movie besides like call me by your name was a romance, but he was kind of like, you know, the underage, he wasn't the heartthrob, like whatever. I feel like, yeah, if he's in a role where he is like this heartthrob and like a romance, like epic movie, like Titanic, then absolutely. I think that that kind of movie is like, they don't, they don't happen that much anymore. Yeah. Even like um, Pearl Harbor, like an epic, like Pearl, like that had so much potential. I will always be mad about how bad Pearl Harbor the movie is. Well, I think Michael Bay, the director of Pearl Harbor and Armageddon, he's kind of a soulless movie director where James Cameron really kind of injects a lot of his films with actual personality, picks amazing actors. Michael Bay is what you call like a run and gun director. He's shooting so many like oversaturated shots. So everything's like a music video. So if you get like two and a half hours, it's like saccharine sweet where you're like, oh, I feel like this is just too much, like too, 
too like ugh, it's not not real at all where titanic or even like a stupid movie like avatar where you're like how do i what he got me caring about these seven foot blue people you know like but with pearl harbor you're just like everything is so damn glossy yeah, there was like no like depth or anything to it, but it had like I, that kind of stuff. You know, I love CGI movies, any sort of like CGI okay. action, like I love. So yeah, disappointing, disappointing. So, speaking of uh, movies and TV, I was on the old Twitter and I so many people were talking about this this weekend, including yourself. What is Outer Banks? What is it? What is this? Oh my God. I'm so it? glad you asked. I'm obsessed oh, with Outer Banks. Is it a, it's a TV or a movie? It's, it's it's a TV show on Netflix. And the first season came out last year. And I remember watching it like it was during like the beginning of lockdown. So it must have been like April of last year. And basically it's a movie about, you know, this group of like teens in Outer Banks, North Carolina. And, you know, there are the... Pogues and the kooks and pogues are like kind of like the townies. They're the ones that don't have a lot of money. The kooks are like the rich families that, you know, vacation there. Yeah. Anyway, there's a whole like treasure hunt. Like it's basically, I don't know. You have to watch it. It's hard to explain, but it's so good. And then the second season just dropped. Um, all, at, all at once or are they spreading all it at out? once? All at once. And I spent my entire, I watched it all in one sitting. All, How many like, episodes are there? 10 and I thought it was gonna be eight for some reason when I sat when I was like okay it's only you know what I have one more episode this is fine like you know it's only like midnight and then I realized I had more and then I ended up staying up until like 3 a.m I couldn't stop and it was satisfying it's so, it's so good and like I know it sounds like a soapy like teen like people compare it to Riverdale but it's actually like I think it's really good I think it's good writing and good but acting. it's really popular right but now right it's like a it's lot just, of people like it it's just so fun to watch like I could not stop watching it like please everyone watch outer banks and that's that guy remember i told you i can't remember if i told you the story about the outer banks guy who started a skincare or he's the face of a skincare line and i went to the party i can't remember why I was oh i think yeah i think you were telling me like you actually did and you brought a friend or something like that to this outer banks party yes right? yes and i met and jj is so hot he's so hot but um yeah i met him and then his handler was like is everything okay over here and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to hurt him. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, I mean, I think that is one of the most satisfying things about right now, as opposed to 10 years ago, is that really binging shows has become such a thing. And I think there is, I think there's such joy in binging a show. Like there is such, and there is like this device in your head where it's true where you're just like, just one more. It's like, it's like how it used to be when I would read a good book, which I do not know how to read anymore. But I remember staying up all night if with a good book, if I had one. And now it's like that with TV. I just finished uh, the, the audience I've been talking about all last week. I finally watched FX's The Americans that it's been off the air for like four years now, but it had six seasons, 13 episodes per season, hour long episodes, uh, Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese. And it was so incredible. I felt so smart watching a scripted show, but that when you're, I watched all like 75 episodes in the last three weeks. And this week I got, I finished like 
I, I was just on fire. Like I'd never had this much commitment to something in my life. And then though, when you're, when you're coming up, you guys, when you, you have five episodes left, you start to feel that withdrawal, like that panic set in about how sad you're going to be. Did that happen in the last couple of episodes about her banks? Oh yeah. I was, well, I think the good thing about binging is that you're like, I just want to know what yes. happens. I need, I can't episode- live. Yeah, you can't live in every episode would end on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, well, I need to fucking know what happens. Like, you have to know. And that's why it's so annoying. Like, The White Lotus, which is so good and on tonight. Um, Like, I, you know, I wish I could binge all the episodes at once because I freaking want to know what happens. But I will say White Lotus is weird in a way that I'm like, I'm kind of enjoying the weak space in between because you guys, we talked about this last week, but White Lotus starts like, it sets up all the characters. The second week gets more unhinged. The third week gets really more unhinged. And you realize, oh, crap, this is going to keep getting crazier and crazier. And I kind of like that week in between. Like, I almost feel like if I watch that all at once, it might be too much. So I love that it it kind of gives me six days to be like, oh, I wonder what shit's going to happen tonight. And I'm really excited about that. But I don't. But you're right, though. I don't think I that, that's I don't feel that way about a lot of shows that I could actually want to wait a week anymore. You know, HBO, I feel like they're saving us from ourselves with the- <laughs> that's true. White that's Lotus true. and right. um, and Mayor of Town. We have oh. to like, wait every week. Like, um, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I hate it, but like it's good for us. Well, this this also was very scary. I on the Americans, you guys, it was 13 episodes per season. So I get to the final six season and I'm on episode 10 thinking, okay, I've got three more episodes to go. And then all of a sudden I realize, holy shit, this is the last episode halfway through because they're wrapping up everything. And then I was like, how are they, how is there three more episodes after this? And then halfway through the 10th episode, I, I looked and I realized I'm on the last episode and a sadness hit me so hard because then I realized I only had 30 minutes left with these people. And I just wasn't, I was prepared for three more hours in my mind. And so then I had to get on YouTube afterwards and look up all the cast interviews. And because Carrie Russell and this Matthew Reese guy fell in love and got married and had a kid during the show. So then I'm like studying their family. Like I went deep, like I went like Reddit thread deep of like their relationship. And it was like weird to watch them laugh together because this show is so serious Oh, it's just, I, I, it's, it's going to stick with me for at least another two days and then I'll move on to some other show. Yeah. I mean, it's like watching a good movie where like, you just want to read all about it. And once you finish a show, I feel like I, I don't like reading about shows until I, cause you get scared of spoilers or whatever it is. So like, I feel like, yeah, I, I just want to fall into the rabbit hole and know everything about everything. And it's hard to do that when, you know, you have to well, wait. I, I went on to the second season of Ted Lasso uh, after that. And I got to tell you, like, there was another one that, like, there's only two episodes out. And I'm like, wait a sec, I can't binge this? And I got pissed. I'm like, this show needs to be binged. I don't want to wait another week to, like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm cool with White Lotus, but I wasn't cool with Ted Lasso. It's like, give it to me now. I don't want to, It's this is not worth waiting every week. Like, I'm just going to wait for all of them to be released and start again. Because I don't want to do this, you know? I got yeah, no, I haven't watched Ted Lasso, but everyone keeps yelling at me to watch it. So I feel like I just need to. It's it's awesome. Jason Sudeikis is great, but the way they write it is very like the jokes are always pop culture reference. And then he, you know, he's like, uh, you know, what do you say to a drink? He's like, I'd I'd say uh, I'd say exactly what I'd say to Diane Sawyer if she asked me out. Yes, please. Like every joke <laughs> is like that. It's like a pop culture reference that it, it's cute. Um 
we didn't have uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. It was a week off. And I think that was a good so Erica Jane could get her fucking story straight this yeah. week. Uh, she did go ahead and, and post an overly filtered shot. And you guys, she tagged four people, including a makeup artist and a hair artist and her assistant and Mikey Minden in it. Those are four mouths she has to feed. But like the balls on this lady, like she loves to like go, I am not being a, I am going to keep spending exactly what I want to be and I'm not going to hide it. Like, oh, yeah. why does that annoy all of us so much? Yeah, because it's evil. Like there is an evilness to it. Like why? No, it's it's straight up evil. The fact that she just like has zero empathy for the people that her husband fussed over, and that you know that she is probably using the funds that should go to them to still sustain her lifestyle because she doesn't want to be. We saw how she is like. I've been broke and I've been rich and being rich is a lot better, honey, or something, whatever she said, like she doesn't want to be broke again. And sorry, you got your wealth, uh, what the wealth that you have right now off the backs of, you know, people that your husband victimized and she should be doing everything she can to make things right. And she's doing the exact opposite, which tells me that she's a horrible person. And yeah, she is disgusting. Did you have any more fallout from that little tweet back and forth no, that she quoted? Did anything? I mean, and by the way, did she ever? She didn't like slip slide into your DMs or anything, did she? No, that was that was it. I mean, it's like she knows there's nothing she can say. Yeah, like she's a crook. She's a you crook. Know, so they are doing the uh, Girardi Keys Law Firm. Are a lot of their items in the office are up for auction, and I'm gonna bid on this Aaron Brockovich poster signed by Aaron Brockovich um, to Tom Girardi. But there was somebody that ha- uh, I've now a couple people uh, that I'm friendly with uh, through DMs has, has has like made like um, who have been around him or used to work in the office have reached out and said like, oh my god, I used to stare at that poster every day and what a you know it's like it's very interesting. I was like I was talking to somebody that had worked there and I said what a what a bizarre thing for you to like have the place that you worked at all these years now all of a sudden have all of this stuff be on the news and all of this. I mean I, I just gotta be just really bizarre, you know? Wait, oh Girardi and Keys. Yeah, the law firm, the actual yeah, law firm. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like and these people didn't know what was happening, you know, like these are like, you know, just uh lower level employees, but yeah. it, it's just gotta be bizarre for something like you think is like a total secure job because you know, he's a part of like LA law history, and it turns out everything falls apart. And we we still don't know. I, I thought this week at least we would have somebody slide like somebody like a source says, somebody explain what the F Erica Jane meant about that Tom Girardi car accident. Like, we still don't know what exactly the story is. I thought somebody would have. It was all bullshit. And there's nothing, no record of any car accident. There's no, it was all bullshit. I watched that man fall apart. His arm fell off. His leg fell off. I saw his head fall off. She made like 30 different things wrong with this guy. Uh, But also I find it interesting is that I do find it interesting that Tom Girardi, even if he's senile, even if uh, that no spokesman has said anything about anything in regards to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season, which makes me think he was either aware of what is what was going to be said about him this season or he's part of this and he's him and Erica are pushing an agenda together. They are. I think they are. I think they're doing what they can to keep their wealth 
to get like unless it comes down to her like getting charged and having to testify against him I think that she was and I said this that she was planting the seeds like trying to stick what see what sticks so that you know he has all his bases covered for whatever his defense is I think that it's very obvious that she you know is while it might seem like she's throwing him under the bus I think that it's all part of a greater scheme to be able to keep their money and hide their money and you know Actually, it reminds me of Outer Banks. There are some, you know, <laughs> banks, you know, who are trying yeah. to hide assets and stuff with Swiss banks and that kind of stuff. Wait, like, would you, you write uh, articles on that. Would you ever write a script? Have you ever done that? Oh, like, I, I just don't know like how. Sc- so oh. I, I'm very interested in, in screenwriting and that kind of like scripts and stuff. I am interested in that. I just don't know. How, like I would need like some sort of course or class because it's, it seems like it's probably very different from my kind of writing, but I do think it's, it's TV writing. I think is like super interesting. I notice like good or bad writing on shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You should try that someday. That would be awesome. Um, okay. Well, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna sue you if you, just, if you do a hit thing. I'll be like, that was my suggestion, you guys. I'm just gonna me. go like write a screenplay right now, just because you told me to. <laughs> just knock one out tonight. So we yeah. got this. Um, we got this story on Monday of last week that Paris Hilton was pregnant. Daily Mail said Paris Hilton, 40, pregnant with longtime or fiance Mark Restum or whatever his last name is. They're engaged, and then that story came out and then Paris Hilton later on her podcast uh shout out to the iHeartRadio family uh said that she is not pregnant and the only thing in her oven is her Sylvine lasagna and cooking with Paris comes out on Netflix this week um what do you I mean do you think she's pregnant do you think she's not or do you think she really actually even pushed this rumor to give publicity for her new cooking show on Netflix I don't know. It was all really weird because it's like, who would put out a fake pregnancy rumor about themselves? Like, that's strange. Um, I think it's weird that it got so widely reported when it wasn't true. That's like something that, you know, is a very like, I don't know. It's all very, I don't know. She's kind of taken aback by it too. But she, I, I will say though, you've got to be happy in some ways that like the all of the the publicity or everything i read was mainly positive like good for you paris good for like i mean it was there was a lot of goodwill in what i was reading and seeing out there which is always nice because it kind of shows you like a lot of people have grown to really um really like paris again in a lot of ways and i thought I said this was the Kathy Hilton effect. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. 
So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Guys, it's your old friend Ryan. You did not start the pot over again. It is commercial time, but also a commercial for a brand that I am proud to represent, and that is Dame. So we've talked about on this show before that we should definitely seek out what's right for us, not compromise on what is most important. Now, our relationships, they should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom, right? So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Now, Dame Products, this is why this company is cool. It is a a woman-owned sex toy company. They're making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. I've said vulva way too many times already. So it's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. So their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self-exploration, which is a very valid journey, by the way, and everybody should have a journey of self-exploration at some point. But we are sure here at So Bad It's Good that they will earn a spot on your nightstand. Now, I personally recommend the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. It's flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Listen to that, okay? Like, really, 60 days Satisfaction guaranteed. That's a huge thing, hassle-free returns. So go to dameproducts.com, D-A-M-E products.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Even if you don't buy something, folks, go use my little www address and see if you like something on there. You never know, right? You never know. And I will tell you the last time that this commercial uh, was on uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple people bought products and they said they're really good. And I, I, I have a product um, that I guess, guess I'm waiting for the uh, right person to break it in with. (laughs) fake it in with but you guys this is the real deal this is a real company they seem to be doing it the right way and i think it's really cool that a woman uh founded this and then it's run by women you can't have better than that women know what women want so okay i have talked about this way too much mom if you're listening i got you one too mom (laughs) back to sophie like through kathy all things are possible you know in fact like if any other ladies are having trouble getting pregnant i would say have Kathy touch your womb like you could probably have a baby like that but I was kind of bummed because I was like that would be very fascinating to watch Paris Hilton uh to watch somebody that you grew up with in terms of a pop culture figure have a baby I don't know there's something interesting there she I mean I'm I feel like god willing oh she will god I mean, willing she will at some point we don't know she could be dealing with fertility issues it's not really like our business you know like I that's why I think it's weird that a fake pregnancy like that that was so widely reported and then it was fake it's like that's just kind of a, a very sensitive subject 
I don't know. It's it's all sensitive subject in the fact that she wasn't. That's why I felt bad because it was all this goodwill. And then to have like, hey, guys, thank you for all the well wishes. I I don't think that she would have. That's why I don't think that she would have. That's just weird. Like she would do that. But see, that's what I well. But I got to say, though, like, I feel like the deeper I get into all of this stuff, I do get more paranoid and kind of like conspiracy theory of like, Okay, but I got to say, everybody does know they're now talking about Paris Hilton's cooking show. Like, that was a way to, like... No, but, like, a fake pregnancy rumor is, like, that's, like, really dark. And think about all the... Like, she said she got so many texts and, like, congratulations. All well... Why would you want to, like, rip people... And now it's, like, you know, it's less exciting when she does announce it. Or if, God willing, she does, you know? It's, like, that's just weird. I could never get on board with... And I think Paris Hilton, it's like, she doesn't need to scrap for relevancy. Like she's Paris Hilton. She will always be kind of iconic on her own. Like she doesn't need to put out fake pregnancy rumors. Her show looks really funny. Like all no, like, uh, Kim Kardashian's even in it. Um, speaking of Kim Kardashian, Kanye West is still living in the Mercedes Benz stadium, trying to finish the release of Don, Don, Donda that, how do I say it? Donda, right? Donda, I think it's just his mom, his daughter. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Um, And it was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago. It's now supposedly coming out on August 6th or 7th, but did you hear how much it costs for one night for him to stay there in the stadium? How much? He is paying 1 million a night. To and stay in that stadium. And he's sleeping in that little cot. But I it's guess he has the run cot. of the place. He can like run around. Like we saw him just walking around with his little red mask on. And he's just like, hee hee, I'm Kanye. I'm super oh God, Kanye. That actually does sound fun though. Like that probably would oh, be fun. The phantom of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is Kanye <laughs> West. Like imagine if like, I just keep thinking of like just weird places Kanye is going to pop up at, you know, like the hot dog vendor in there of like, hee it's me, Kanye. Like I- why are you saying hee hee? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just never picked a, a tiny high voice and like, hee hee, it's me, Kanye. I'm running around the stadium by myself. Hee It's so fun. Echo, echo, echo. Like, because I, I really, like the Mercedes-Benz Stadium isn't a recording studio. So I'm like, I just love that he was like, the vibes are right in here. I will pay $1 million a night. And I guess that's when you're a billionaire, you do stupid shit like that. But it's one of those things. It's like, it's legendary behavior. But at the same time, if you really get into it, it's like Erica Jane needs that money, Kanye. Like, and you're just spending it like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something only Kanye would do. Like, no, no one else would do that. Like, if you have that much money to spend on like uh, on somewhere to stay, you know, most people would spend, you know, want to be in a luxury resort luxury hotel i know you know rent a nice a really nice house or apartment no kanye has to pay a million dollars to sleep on a cot in mercedes-benz stadium but i got i I love all the jokes about the cot you know they're saying you know this is what you get for like five thousand dollars a month in williamsburg uh or like all the jokes about the little cot but i i I think there's got to be something really nice for Kanye to be like, okay, I just need my little Yeezy boots over here, my little red face mask and my little cot. And there's like a little like diamond water bottle. And I'm like, it must be nice to like simplify things like that, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe. Yeah. Simplify things, you know, that pared down lifestyle, like their scary, you know, house that they had. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, that is still, 
people will talk about that for years. That house they built is Kanye and Kim is one of the scariest places I've ever seen. It's void of personality. It looks very scary. And like, I had a person that worked on the electrical in there and they had, there were no actual light switches. They were just built into the wall. So you would like put your hand over it. Like you'd have to know the right spot on the wall. Cause there was like no buttons jutting out. It would be built into the wall like he there were it, it but also it just looks so cold and scary and and uh, you know like just like people would die in there someday you know oh yeah for sure it's scary as fuck i think it's like the scariest freaking place ever yeah that's not where i again it's like if i had that money to spend on a nice place to live it would not be that place it would not be the mercedes-benz stadium caught you know like yeah. i just Kanye will just always do Kanye. Uh, we had good news this week. Uh, I don't know if you watch Better Call Saul, but I watched it right before the Americans. I binged that too. Bob Odenkirk had a small heart attack, uh, but he I, that was really uh, nerve-wracking to get that news. He collapsed on set in New Mexico. They rushed him to the hospital, but then we didn't hear anything about it for a day, and I really got scared that he was a goner, and I was very thankful Um that he is alive and well. So um, I, that's, it's, it's nice when sometimes things work out, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't watch it, but I saw that. Yeah. Glad he's okay. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw in for I that. Watch, sure. I don't watch yeah. it or have any idea who he is, but yes, I'm glad he's okay. For sure. Uh, did you see Jen Shaw uh, go live on Instagram the oh, other day while she was doing her talking head for she was on a green screen for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and she confirmed she will be at BravoCon this year. Yeah, she is disgusting. I have never <laughs> been more grossed out by a housewife besides Erica Jane. Like she's disgusting. What does she think she's doing? Like she's disgusting. She's a, a, an actual criminal. Like, I do not want to see you dancing on Instagram Live. Like, I don't want to see her at BravoCon. Like, I think that she's so gross and so embarrassing. She also was only on the show for one season. Like, you're not iconic. You're not. I, she thinks that she's iconic and she's not. Yeah, she was like dancing. She's like, look at this. She goes, oh, we got better moves than Potomac. You know, she was like doing that. And I'm like, I love the face of like these people able to put on. I don't I'm not going to say a brave face, but like a stupid face of like, has anybody heard of like just chilling until you can get your house in order? Like. It, it 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 reads so weird to me, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Everything about it is strange. Like, she's just, like, gross. No interest in her. No, I, like, I want to watch, you know, what goes down with everything. But, like, people that, like, stand her, even, like, ironically, I'm like, she's disgusting. I do notice, though, on Twitter, though, people... There is a tendency sometimes for people just to stand bad people now just for yeah. fun. Even like, there is, like... Jane. Oh, there's like Erica Jane stands. I, I sometimes get them in my comments and stuff like that. I'm just like, what a weird hill to die. Like, I mean, like, but what, what do you love? Like, I mean, a couple good songs, maybe like, what do you, what do you love? Because you could argue that it's all a facade. Mikey wrote her talking heads. Like even that one with the champagne where she drank this, like these were all written out, thought out talking heads. This is a performance like anything else. Like I've always said, Erica Jane wants to come off like exuding sexuality. And to me, she comes off like the most vanilla person that probably has missionary sex. Like it just does not even to me, none of it reads as like real at all with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. It's not authentic. Like, 
That's, that's another thing about like the people that, you know, try so hard and have like the glam squad, like her and Jen. It's, it's all a facade. It's all, look how rich I am. Look how perfectly quaffed I am. The actual authentically, you know, rich or good reality stars or whatever it is. Like they don't need all of that, you know, all the, whatever you want to call it, bells and whistles. Um, what was your opinion this week? Uh, pop star, uh, designer extraordinaire Rihanna, uh, came out on Instagram against Miss Ramona Singer, uh, because Ramona, um, said a little comment about Rihanna and, uh, she, she said what was said at Ramona Singer and she looked very tough. And then it had a, a shot of her watching this or, of like, uh, I think Rihanna watching the scene and kind of laughing at what Ramona said, uh, Ramona went on to say, you know, like, you know, reposted it after she probably was told who Rihanna is. Uh, what was your take on all of this? Because Leah immediately like, Oh, I think Rihanna just single-handedly saved Leah McSweeney's job. I love for another Rihanna. season. I love Rihanna, but like, just because she likes Leah doesn't mean that Leah's a good housewife well know? rihanna's like, called it wrong a couple times by the way like you erica cannot jane. erica she hired erica jane yeah. she i mean like she doesn't uh i i could say some other thing you know like but her music is always on point her design is all i mean what is it like she's gonna be a billionaire uh she's gonna be one of the first female billionaires uh in the world i think uh uh but it is funny like also i was like rihanna if you really if you really are a Bravo fan, like I think you are, you got to admit New York's not working this season. Like I would respect, like if you're really a fan of Bravo, you even got to know this ain't working, you know? Yeah. That's why it's like, okay, yes, that's awesome that, you know, Rihanna gave her stamp of approval to Leah, but just in general, it's like, it just doesn't work. What are they going to do just because Rihanna like likes Leah that they're going to build around Leah? Because right now what's working is not, or what's happening is not working. So it's like, would it work if it's just centered around Leah? Like, I don't know. It kind of is a disaster. And this is why New York has always been my least favorite franchise. But it is funny. Do you get why I say that now? I'm like, who? I don't care. Like, I just don't care. But it is funny how, I mean, I do enjoy when I, I get a kick out of it, like everybody, when a celebrity that you like watches the show, watches the shows yeah. you like. The Nicki Minaj like, thing, I was way more. Excited. Well, that was that was the other story I had. Nicki Minaj uh, got into some comments with Giselle and all of this stuff uh, about a Potomac clip, and then said, "Oh, I want to host the reunion." And Andy, uh, her publicist, reached out and said, "Andy would be great if you did it." And she's like, "Okay, let's do this." Uh, would you want to see Nicki Minaj host the Real Housewives yes. of the Potomac reunion? Absolutely. That would be amazing. I think that a big issue that, you know, a lot of people have had with Andy, Andy hosting the Potomac reunion last year, last season was a disaster. He was clearly like, you know, singling out Monique and like was taking sides. And I think with, you know, Andy, Andy usually knows how to, moderate a reunion to an extent but i think with this group of women andy is not gonna cut it and i think that's why this is perfect and i saw a lot of people on twitter being like i cannot believe people actually think that nikki's gonna host the reunion i'm like why wouldn't she she said she wants to do it andy said he'd give up the the role for her um she it would bring in millions of new viewers look already how many people are talking about potomac just from 
it's like, why wouldn't she? I, I, Andy doesn't, Andy doesn't want to like l- let people see that like he's replaceable. He's not replaceable. It's no, just- he, he's the face of, and I think he will let that happen, but I do think it will be like this. It'll be either she hosts one part of a three part reunion or like, or you do like a funny bit where she'll come on for half and she'll get into an argument with one of the cast members. And then Andy will be like, ladies, I hear you might need me out here. <laughs> you know, like it'll be something like that. I, but I do think there is no way Nicki Minaj will not be there in some form. It's just good. We need this kind of new blood. We need new eyes on Bravo. It's just us same idiots watching the same, like we're all, we need new eyes on this stuff. We need to make this network healthy because we got HBO in the game. Now we got TLC killing it, Netflix killing it. We need Bravo to stay healthy and whatever, like a stunt hosting I'm all for, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that, yeah, maybe it might even be a situation where she wants to do it. And then she finds out, you know, because they filmed these reunions for like 12 plus hours. Yeah. And he does have, you know, a reputation for being tardy, a little tardy to the party when it comes to her jobs. That's something that I've read about her. So I think- I thought thought you meant Andy, sorry. No, 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 Nikki, Nikki. Did I say Andy? I thought I you were, know. that's meant, what you're saying. He had, uh, yeah, but no. I meant Nikki. So like, it, say that the, the reunion day starts, you know, filming at 7 a.m. sharp and they know that they have to film until 7 p.m. or whatever it is. And Nikki finds out the details. She's like, okay, this does not sound fun to me. That's the only thing I can foresee. But I think if it came down to like them actually like, you know, if she really wanted to do it and, you know, why not? I feel like it like makes so much sense. Like it would be good for everyone. Yeah, I think it would be amazing. And I'm so excited. Like I, and also I think Potomac is already having a great season three episodes in. Are you enjoying it? Do you like the new girl Mia? Yes, I do. The new se- the new episode is actually, wait, does it start at eight or nine? I think it actually is right now. Yep. It's right now, but I'm recording it. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. I am not loving Wendy so far this season, but, but I see, I was okay. So a lot of people are comparing Wendy's second season to Leah McSweeney's second season. I will say, I don't agree with that in the sense that I'm enjoying the hell out of Wendy kind of doing too much. Like yeah. the Zen Wen to me was so I got time today. Zen Wen's got time. TikTok. It was so rehearsed. And you could tell, like, it almost ba- bonded the other ladies together about, like, Candace was like, girl, you're doing too much. Like, oh, it, it was, was so hysterical. Rehearsed. Yeah, it was We're so like, rehearsed. Leah's not funny. Leah, like, her, like, Leah's, like, I can't say Leah's even trying super hard, but, like, Wendy is trying super hard. And that's hysterical because we all see it and it's kind of embarrassing. And to me, that works comedically then where I'm like, I want to see Wendy keep trying this hard. And, like, why would you ever, as a smart doctor lady, do another candle line? Like, I just, it, it, it is so funny. That scene with her and Karen when she comes to Karen Huger for business advice, you don't get, like, that, that kind of just comedy it's just so funny. This is actually, I'll break it to you guys now and to Sophie, because I'll probably try to get some questions out of her. I might be interviewing Miss Monique Samuels this week. Um, oh so I'm God. very excited. Wait, are, are you going on um, Not For Lazy Moms? 
<laughs> no, she is coming on so bad. It's good. We will be talking uh, now because I do want to ask her what it's like to spend $80,000 on a podcast, which is what she said she had spent. Remember last year when she was walking with her husband in that one scene? Yeah, wait, but how did like, you spend $80,000? That's that? what I said. I said, I'll do your podcast for like $1,000, you know, like $80,000. And I was like, what kind of gold are you spending over there on that podcast? Yeah, but uh yeah, but we had to talk about like binder time and all this stuff. But I, and who knows? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm curious what she like. You know, when I I got to imagine things like when that Nicki Minaj stuff pops up, it's got to not in a bad way, but it does got to suck to be like, oh man, it must it would have been fun. Like I wonder if you miss out on things like that, you know. And I wonder if there's any regret because she chose to walk away yeah. herself. She was not forced to walk away. I wonder if there is regret after months down the line. And I think there was. I doubt uh, it. I think for Monique, I think for other cast members that you know get fired and stuff, I I think that it's probably like the hardest thing ever when you know you see everyone moving on without you. So that would suck. But I think for Monique in particular, she's like she was done with the toxicity. She got treated like shit by Andy at the reunion. Um, she doesn't need the money. I I think that Monique is doing just fine. I doubt that she really, I mean, not that Chris Samuels is like famous, but you know, he was an NFL player. She's rubbed elbows with celebrities probably for a long time now. I doubt that she's like, you know, giving a shit, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so excited to talk to her though. Uh, and also uh speaking of Potomac, there was a news story that dropped this week. I thought this was fascinating, uh, because I just don't like this guy. Uh, is that Pastor Jamal. Uh, Jamal Bryant, Giselle's ex, uh, there is a tax lien against him that he's accused of owing $740,000 in back taxes. Yes, I saw that. I, I love yeah. that. I just don't like that guy. I don't like that guy and I don't trust a guy. Pastor Holy Whore. Pastor, you slinging his big D all around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is Jamal coming? To what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I said that, before Jamal, you that, that was so real. About. I was like, Whoa, it's it's like one of the most low key, you know, they're like the famous housewives lines, like they're yeah. like, That's my opinion, you know, like the really famous ones, and then there are like the under the radar ones that like the true, true fans. You know, like the the ones that aren't as iconic, but like just, you know, so hilarious. That's one of my favorite ones. Is yeah. Jamal coming? Do those Potomac ladies, they speak in, in such amazing catchphrases. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of housewives just don't have the ability that they and they they do it so easily. Karen Huger and Giselle just speak in these yeah. funny phrases. And like, I, I just, I, there's not enough appreciation for these ladies. And I was really sad. Like the season premiere got uh, over a million viewers, which is amazing. But that now it's dipped to around $800,000 in initial viewing. So please keep watching guys. I mean, it's a no, it's not definitely, it's definitely not going to get canceled anytime soon, but we want it to do good. Uh, also recommendation to you guys. If you're not watching this season of below deck med, I highly recommend it. It is such a shit show over there in the best way. I cannot recommend the season of Below Deck Med more to you guys. A um, uh, couple last things. Uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, says goodbye to the crew of her yacht that she's been on, uh, her $151 million yacht that she rented. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I'm ready for these guys, her and Ben, to get back to work. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't need, like, I saw a picture of Ben Affleck in an, I think, like in a, a store in Rome with Jennifer 
Lopez, and I'm hoping those were Jen's glasses she he was wearing because man, the guy, the glasses didn't fit his face. I'm just like, what, what, where are you, Ben? Like, what is going on? He looks skinny as hell. His little tiny chicken legs. And I'm like, man, like, I, I don't, I, I just want you to be okay. I want everybody to be happy, but this just, I just want you guys to get behind closed doors again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're speaking of doing too much, like Wendy, they're doing too much. They really do need to like, you know, Get get some get go back to work. Get some hobbies other than each other. What well, does any? Does I want to know which one of them or are they the same thirst level or if there's one of them that's like, hey, do you mind if we eat indoors today in a place with no windows and just us? Like they're always now like in in public places. I just wonder, like, is there any part of either of them that want to like just be normal and chill? Like it always like they're taking pictures with entire staffs. Like every time they're at a restaurant, we see a picture with their staff, you know, that, and I just, I'm just like, what is, what is going on? Like, please, like, and if you're reenacting your whole music video, please reenact your breakup next. I'm done. I'm good. Like I got, I, I got the fantasy. I've, I've loved it, but I'm, I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the easy, the obvious answer would be, that JLo is like, you know, the thirsty one because, you know, she it, she has been historically thirsty. Um, but I think that Ben Affleck low key is just as thirsty because look at his relationship with Anna DeArmas. Like they that were getting, still is so weird. That is and, like, and even that was all over Demois that people would see them like walking back and forth in front of the paparazzi. Yeah. Like, like on purpose, like Ben Affleck has been this way also. So I think it's like, you know, it's both of them. Oh, I, d- I definitely think you're right. You're the one that put, you You said that a couple weeks ago and it really made me think of like, obviously he's, you know, like he's always been in the public eye in a lot of ways, whether it be even like we saw him get driven to rehab by Jen Gardner and they stopped at Jack in the box on the way. Still, you guys, one of the most horrific paparazzi shots I've ever seen of them, whole, like him, like, I guess, the, his sponsor and Jen with Ben in the back seat, and they're pa- like passing back a like a giant bag of Jack in the box to a crying Ben Affleck on the way to rehab. And I'm just like, it doesn't get darker than that. Like, and to have like yeah. a, that on photographed is just so mind blowing. Um, uh, real quick, even, I, I even like the when he was with Jen still, like they were always getting photographed with their kids. Like always, like there's something to say about someone that like is literally like, cause there are the celebrities, Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez, for instance, who are like notoriously private. You, It is possible to, you know, have a private life as a celebrity. And then you, in retrospect, you look back at Ben Affleck and some of these celebrities throughout the years. I'm like, you were calling the paparazzi on yourself the whole time. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I just wonder, like, is it just, do they get paid too? like, do they get a little money under the table? Like, I wonder how all of the pricing works for those things. Like, I wonder yeah. what also the market determines how much you get paid for something. Like, I wonder how much that would be first... a good, that would be a good, so bad. It's good interview with. Oh, it'd be amazing. Also. If any, if anybody knows somebody that would be willing to talk, I can change their voice up or whatever. We can do a whole Demois thing if need. Did you see that Demois uh, blind today? The two ones about. I have uh, not been looking at Demois because Demois has gone so downhill. What happened? It's just not good anymore. It's all like for real. Stuff. It's just not stuff that I care about. If well, there is something exciting that happens at Demai, I find it somewhere well, else. Like somebody, it's all like spotted and like all of these like stupid. See, but like, I I still am like I'm juvenile in that way where I like spotted. Like I love. Well, they did. I got 
I don't get to see her a lot. It doesn't show up in my feed, but I did get sent. Uh, they were on the same page of Luke from Summer House spending 30 minutes to try to unlock his bike in New York. <laughs> And they had, they had video of him. He's like, he's been Wait, trying to get this unlocked for 25 minutes now. Yeah. Damn it. I missed that. So that's something that I I'll send it. I'll send it to you. Cause what it was on the same one where it was Lindsay on uh, the, the train or like a uh, subway. Yeah. And she was talking loudly about not like the, not wanting to see a person at this wedding or something. And it seemed very Lindsay, which was cracking yeah. me up, but that led me to want to let you know. Um, so last night, you guys, I, I talked about this on the Patreon and then I think in the episode, but Sophie knows cause I texted her yesterday. Uh, but I had went to my friend Janet's birthday party who is interconnected with all the Vanderpump rules people. She's been on the podcast a couple of times and I was really scared going in because I was told Sheena and Brock were going to be there. And Sheena famously does not like me because she says I revealed her baby name um, before that she revealed it. And I wasn't the only one, but I did. So anyways, I bought a baby gift to bring as a peace offering to Sheena and Brock because I was like, Brock could fucking kill me. Like that guy is thick. Like that guy looks so thick. I'm thick, but he's muscular thick. And like, I was like, just like picturing him hitting me and all this stuff. And so it was at Dave and Buster's and I already showed up just sweaty, nervous, um, I'm going to put a little voice memo in here of me pre party, but I went in there not knowing anybody. And I also, there was like a party bus that took everybody there, but I heard Jax was going to be at the pre party. So I said, I'm not going on that bus. Cause I do not want to pal around with Jax because my nature is usually good nature and I'll try to get along with everybody. And I just don't want to put myself in that situation with Jax, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. On sure. the off chance. Like I'm like, we're like, I just don't want to do that to myself. So I get there and I'm so nervous. Sheena and Brock are not there, but like Schwartz and Katie are there and Dodie and her boyfriend and all of like uh, Sandoval and Ariana were supposed to be there, but they had not gotten there yet. So it was like, so I'm at the Dave and Buster's. I go play a bunch of like ski ball by myself, very sadly, because I don't know, like, I, I just don't know how to like engage integrate with the party i only know like janet and one other person and, and tom and ariana were supposed to be there and they said they would hang out with me but they're not there so i then i played sad ski ball and then i sat at the bar with a gigantic beer and i like was texting sophie i was like i wish sophie was here because sophie would be able to integrate like sophie would be able to like hey what's going on i just sat creepily with an ear pot in acting like i was on a conversation with nobody i was like oh dave and busters what a time oh and i was like texting sophie like how do like I really this is I'm a fucking mess like people don't understand like because I can talk on a podcast I can't talk in real life and so enough all this and finally finally Ariana says Sandoval is going to be there just hang tight and then they go to a second location at Janet's house and so I'm like oh fine fuck so I don't go on the bus but I get over there and when I'm getting there, I'm walking up and Sandoval drives past me. He goes, dude, I'm going back to get my karaoke machine. I'll be back in one sec. And like just classic what you want to hear out of Sandoval. You know, he's just already pumped. He's like, get in the karaoke machine. I'll be back. And I will say the party at Janet's was much better. I got introduced to people. It was like, okay. But I will say it is so funny to watch Sandoval in a little like he was in this little cutoff sweater thing like he always looks like 
a rock star of some, like I've seen this guy go through so many different looks and I've seen this guy. He, he loves his karaoke and I watch this guy karaoke his ass off. He just really loves, he, he's so like, I've just never met somebody this passionate about everything. Like there's no like joke on it too. Like he genuinely like, is like, let's rock this tonight. Let's rock this. Like he's just, and then Schwartz was there and Schwartz is just that good name. He's like, Hey buddy, what's going on? He doesn't know me. Like he's just, and then I was kind of like, I really feel like an interloper at those things because I'm like, fuck, I don't like, I don't want to like have anybody point out, not that anybody would know who I am, but like, I, you know, like Katie follows me, but I don't know Katie. I don't know. You know, it's just, you've been in situations like that. I'm sure like you went to that summer house thing, but you seem like you ingratiated immediately. Like you integrated. Well, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's kind of weird because we are kind of like in parasocial relationships with some of these reality stars. Like we don't actually know them personally, but you know, I, I don't see myself as someone that people follow or know about, but clearly that's like a thing, you know, like I don't see myself that way. So when I find out that, you know, some reality stars like, Oh my God, your posts or whatever it is, or like, you know, it's like they, they know who you are as much as you kind of know who they are. So it's like a unique position that like, you know, some of these entertainment reporters or podcasters or whatever you want to call us are in that they pay attention to us kind of like we pay attention to them. I mean, not on the same level. Like they don't, you know, they don't go on a podcast and talk about us every week like we do with them. But you know what I mean? It's like, it is kind of like a weird parasocial thing. And then it's like, you kind of think about everything you've said. I'm like, I've definitely talked shit about some of them before. Like, I hope they're not holding that against me. Like, But I did make a point with somebody there that was affiliated with things that I said, you got to understand though, with the information that we see, you would come to the same conclusions as well. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm sorry if that's not the reality of the situation, but that's what we see. And that is what is presented. So I am going to continue to make the jokes I make. I'm, you know, like, I'm not like. I don't, but that's the saying, like, I don't want to be friends ever with Jack. So I would not, I will not put myself in a situation where I'm even around that. Um, And also, I just want to say this offhandedly too, is that like, yo, like make fun of Jack's all you want. Like maybe like, let's chill on like Britney weight jokes and all that stuff. Like, I don't care for Britney. I don't care for Britney. I don't, I don't know Britney. I don't care for her, but I will say she's like three months after having a baby. I'm fat as fuck right now. Like, I don't, but like, don't like maybe like, hit Jack's hard man like hit him as hard as like he's he's earned it in so many different ways but like I don't know like I feel like weird about making fun of babies and making fun of weight and I I but I I don't want to I know that's a line that a lot of people cross and they feel comfortable crossing it because of who it is and yeah Brittany might be like her in evil like yes but like that does not make body shaming, especially a, a three months postpartum woman. That's not okay. Like, I, just, I just feel like I, you know, but at the same time, like I realize, well, that's the pot call on the kettle black because I go dark with my humor and I hit hard sometimes and, you know, or I'll make fun body of body shaming that. Okay. So my rule is I don't make fun of things that people can't change, you know, like the way that someone looks their physical appearance, they can't help that. If it comes to someone's style, Giselle, I will make fun of someone's style. <laughs> you know, someone's per- like behavior. 
if it's their physical, like something that they can't change their sexuality, their, it's like, those are things that you just don't make fun of. In my opinion, it's like, if someone is born with weird, like a weird fucking, I don't know, nose, a lot of, like a lot of my people are. You guys, Sophie's looking directly at me when she said that. I don't know. I was thinking of my first, but it's like, it's just something that's below the belt. I will make fun of someone's outfit. I will make fun of someone's hairstyle choices. But again, that's a choice. Well, I made fun of uh, Erica Jane's face tuning and filters yesterday. Yeah, and again, that's a choice. That's something that she chooses to do. You're not making fun of like, you know, her, again, again, it's like nothing about her is real at this point. I think everything is exactly. Yeah. But well, like, a lady, a lady yeah. commented on that about the face tuning and goes, Oh, well, you're now making fun of her face tuning. Oh, so, but, it, but everybody, you're going to make fun of her if she's just plain, if she's just puts herself up normal. And I was like, no, I've never made fun of somebody just for like not face tuning at all. Like I make fun of people for overly face tuning for like Khloe Kardashian for things like that, because I feel like I have little girls in my life that I am like my niece, like I care for immensely. I get scared thinking about the day that she has to go on Instagram and compare herself to some of these people, not realizing that this is face tuning. This is surgery. Like though that scares me. So I will sometimes hit out harder on those things, but you'll never catch me like going like, look at this biatch not face tuning look at all these yeah, wrinkles no. people who say that are so dumb i'm like no no one would make fun of if anything i am a fairly confident 29 year old woman and even i look at my pores sometimes now because you're so used to seeing no pores on social media in those glam shots yeah it's, it's no like barbie so skin Yeah. I look at my pores and I'm like, fuck, I have pores. Like that is. And so I think about that. And even like, I look at my cellulite or like the dimples on my thighs or my butt. And I'm like, you don't see that on Instagram. Like that is fucked up that I'm a competent 29 year old. And I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like picking myself apart. Like think about the fucking little girls. It's fucked up. So yeah, people who actually show their authentic skin or their cellulite get applauded on Instagram as they should. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I will look at my huge, gigantic dong and be like, why was I cursed with this? Uh, This Sophie didn't even listen. (laughs) Did you not hear? Wait, what did you say? Sorry, I'm dealing with all this bachelorette party stuff. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the actual. No, I just said I was cursed with the. I said sometimes I look at my huge, gigantic dong and wonder why it's. Anyways, but she, okay. Oh my so God, I'm sorry, I'm getting all these. Yeah. By the way, I just thought she just did either it cut out or she just, the joke didn't land, which both of those are probably true. <laughs> but we are coming to an end of another podcast, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for all of the feedback. Thank you so much for all of the positive stuff you've said about uh, Sophie and I. It really is my favorite podcast of the week. Is there anything, I know the bachelorette party is next yes. week. Yes, yes. I'm dealing with Carlson. all of this stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to Charleston next weekend for my sister's bachelorette party that I have been planning. So Will you be going lot. to the Craig's Pillow store? <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that actually- Going down have, south. Yes. So I've been trying to figure out, I'm like, I need to like party with Craig, Austin, and Shep, obviously, while we're there. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, so we will figure out when we're recording next Sunday because I'll be well, like, I'm very, I'm very excited to hear all of the uh, stuff because I love your sister. She was on the podcast, you guys, like a month or two ago. So keep her in your thoughts and prayers and let the uh, <laughs> let the uh, hangover gods go your way. Um, anything else that we can support you with this week? Uh, remember to follow Sophie on Twitter and Instagram. Anything that she writes will be there. Is there any big articles coming up for you? Um, honestly, no, no outer banks, fan fiction or anything. I was going to say something that you can do to support me is watch outer banks. So we can talk about it. 
<laughs> I feel like no one watches it. It's like a tween show, but it's so good. You should do an Outer Banks podcast. Oh my God, I should. Beyond the Banks. Outer Skanks. <laughs> Beyond the Banks, that's a better uh, name. So you guys go, go uh, have fun with your inner skanks this week. Have the best week ever. You've only got four more days until Friday. And then uh, we will talk to you again. Uh, I'll talk to you again on Tuesday, you guys, but we'll talk to you again sometime next week. Uh, Sophie, we love you as always. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Well, guys, we've did it again. Another excellent podcast. But are you ready to bum out with me right now? Are you ready to get so sad it's good? Uh, I am a one-man shouting band for this band, Counting Crows. I love them so much. Uh, I wanted to highlight August and everything after. And the first track off this album is called Round Here. And you guys have heard it. This is going to be a different version, an acoustic version uh, with him and uh, his guitar player. Uh, from the VH1 Storytellers uh, show. If you guys remember that show, so amazing. Loved it so much. Um, And you can find this whole concert on a double album called Across a Wire. And I really recommend it because they do different versions of all of the songs from that album. It's just really amazing. But I'm I'm leaving the first part in because uh, Adam Duritz, the singer, explains what Round Here means to him. And I just think... I love hearing him explain these songs and it just kind of adds so much to it. So uh, I'm going to put in the audio. This audio is like 20 plus years old. So it's a little scratchy, but then when we get to the song, it's a clear version of the song round here. You guys love you. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. Here's Adam. Welcome to storytellers. This is the first way Counting Crows ever sounded. It was me and Dave in bars and coffee houses playing open mics doing this song this way. The song begins with a guy walking out the front door of this house and leaving behind this woman and uh, it, it, but, but it, the more he begins to leave people behind in his life, the more he feels like he's leaving himself behind as well and uh, the less and less substantial he feels like he's becoming to himself. And that's sort of what the song's about, because he feels like even as he disappears from the lives of people, he's disappearing more and more from his own life. And uh, the chorus is, he sort of keeps sort of screaming out these idioms, these sort of lessons that your mother might say to you when you were a kid, sort of child lessons, you know. Around here we always stand up straight, um, carving out our names. Uh, things that you're told when you're a kid are the things that, that uh, you do these things, and when you're grown up, it'll add up to something. You know, you'll have a job, you'll have a life. and uh, I think for me, and for the character in the song, they don't add up to anything. It's just a bunch of crap, kind of. Um, your, your life comes to you or doesn't come to you, but those things, they didn't really mean anything. And by the end of the song, he's so dismayed by this that he's sort of screaming out that he gets to stay up as late as he wants and nobody makes him wait. The sort of things that are important if you're a kid, you know, that you don't have to go to bed, you don't have to do anything. But the sort of things that, they don't make any difference at all when you're an adult. They're, they're nothing. Um, and... Uh, this is a song about about me. Uh, it's called Round Here. It's about the front door like a ghost into the fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white. And in between a better view of the crumbling difference 
between wrong and right. Well, I'll walk in the air between the rain, through myself and back again where I don't know. But Maria says she's dying. Through the door I hear her crying. Why? Thinking of jumping, she says, I'm sick and tired of life. Well, everybody's tired of something around here. She's always on my mind. And around here, hey man, I got a lot of time. Sent to bed early, man. Nobody makes us wait. Round here we stay up very, very, very 
Charlie. Betches.